shared with you recently a couple of times that the Rebbe and the Rebbetzin actually got married on Tezvav Kislev. The date and the invitation, and perhaps the date in the first Ksuba was Yudalat Kislev, but remember it was winter and it was Poland, and the Rebbe writes someplace that the Chuba was postponed for a long time. They waited, I think they waited for somebody, someone of the Gedev to come two or three hours, they waited. So the Chuba didn't start till like six or seven o'clock, so there's no doubt that the Rebbe's wedding was on Tetzvav, which is the 15th day of the month. We spoke about this Eshchedesh, I don't remember, Eshchedesh Kislevi, which is also a Sunday, we had a Zabrengen about this, that the Rebbe is connected to the first of the month and to the middle of the month. The, the other detail which is interesting is, and this is in Zalman Garari Sefer, it's now been published. I heard about it unofficially, but now it's printed, that the Rebbe told the Zalman Garari, I think after the Rebbe passed away, and the Rebbe insisted on immediately taking care of all of the bills. All the people who had worked with the Rebbe had to be paid right away, I think even before the Levaya. All the bills for the Levaya itself had to be taken care of, and the Rebbe wanted to pay for everything. He wouldn't let anybody else pay for it. And he said, In the Ksuba, a man is obligated to take care of his wife's final obligations. My Ksuba was written by the Friedrich Rebbe. What happened? Oksuba was prepared, and it was written, and it was signed, and it was stolen. By the Chassanah. Now, the Rebbe's Ksuba was stolen. Well, it disappeared. They never found it. Exactly. Now, it's, we're not sure if it was stolen by a pickpocket or by a Hasidic fanatic who thought it would be cool to have a Ksuba of the Rebbe. Bottom line is, the Rebbe said to Zalman Gerari, who came from the Chassanah, the wedding went till the morning. I mean, the Chassanah went on all night. The chasna didn't finish till the morning. The Rebbe's chasna was till the morning. So they came home after the chasna and they discovered that they have no ksubah. So the Rebbe says to Zalmagrais, and Emir Beide, the Rebbe and the Rebbe saying, Gangin some Rebbe, some Shver. And the Rebbe's chasna says, No geshib nacha ksubah. So the Fidi Kev wrote us a new ksubah, but ksabiat kochi. This ksubah is in the Rebbe's house. In the Rebbe's house, you have the Rebbe's ksubah, and people have seen it. The Friedrich Kevin wrote it himself, and I think there were different Adim also on the Ksuba, different witnesses. And in that second Ksuba, it says Tezvav Kislev. It doesn't say Yedal Kislev. It says Tezvav Kislev. So the Rebbe says to the Rebbe, Garari is Mitsugi Kumenochaksav. So I had one more manuscript from the Rebbe Deshver. His whole Dereher was, a Chosid now has another paper from his Rebbe. He happened to be his father in law, and they had hundreds of correspondence, hundreds of letters back and forth. So anyways, Tezvav Kislev is not an inappropriate date to celebrate the Rebbe's Chassanin. And the topic for the first hour is the stories of Yidalat Kislev, what came before, during, and after. So let's talk about it. Kodim Kol. There's a story that goes back to the Alter Rebbe. If you can imagine that. There was a Chassid by the name of Rebnechemia Dubrovna who was a friend of the Tzemach Tzedeks, a Chavrusa. They pushed learned together in Lubavitch. During the lifetime of the Middle Arab, the Tzemach Tzedek had Chavrusas, the Yankees of Cherkasse, and the Mnochamit Abram. He was the Tatat Gehais of Abram Birch. Apparently, the Abram Birch was a very big chosid. I have no idea who he was. I never read anything about him. But every time they mention him, the Abram, they say, he was the son of the Abram Birch. So Abram Birch must have been a big chosid. But the Chavrusa was a Moynidik Agon. And he was a guy that a businessman. He wasn't at all. He wrote Charles Chuvas Divri Nechemia. When the middle Rebbe passed away, he didn't go to Lubavitch. Why? The Rebbe was his Chavrusa. 
Rebbe was his buddy. And he had a dream. And Alt Rebbe came to him in a dream. And he asks him, Why don't you have a Rebbe? And I don't remember what he answered or if he answered altogether, but in the dream, the Alter Rebbe said to him, Foden Lubavitch, go to Lubavitch. And the dream finished with strange words, Menachem Behoeve, Menachem Be'osit. Which translates in English, Menachem now, Menachem later. Menachem in the present, Menachem in the future. This is, it's poshet. It's eerie. It gives you goosebumps. The Alter Rebbe said, Menachem Behoeve, the Alter Rebbe said, the Friedrich Rebbe tells the story. This is not Mipi Chasidim. This doesn't come from Yudel Chitrik. He's a fine man. This is the Friedrich Rebbe. Look at the Friedrich Rebbe. Menachem Beheve, Menachem Beose. This is the first Tzipah. The second Tzipah is the following. The Tzemach Tzadik had seven sons and two daughters. Kiyadua. The Middle Rebbe had seven daughters and two sons. The Tzemach Tzadik had seven sons and two daughters. The Bukhair, his name was Rabbanach Shalom, the Ravash, Rabbanach Shalom. He was born a Balmum. He didn't have a left hand. His left arm ended in a stump. And personally, I believe that this is very significant. I believe that the fact that he was a Balmum, Bagashmis, meant something also, Baruchnis. Then someone said it's Bukhair. Rabbanach Shalom, the Ravash. And the story, of course, was that right before the Alter Rebbe passed away, the Rebbe passed away Matzah Shabbos, Pasha Pasha Shmeis, whatever, 10.30 at night, Eidel Chavdal Tevis, Tov Kufayin Gimel. Within days of the Histalkus, Mamish, the Alter Rebbe called the Tzemach Tzedek, who was then 22, and he said to him, do you have any shilas in halacha you need to be mavarit? Do you have any questions in halacha that are disturbing you, that are unresolved? And the Tzemach Tzedek thought, and he said that he cannot think of any. So that's the way it stayed. Al-Tareb wanted to help him resolve a question. After the Histalkus, he understood that Al-Tareb was talking about the Ravash's hand. What do you do about film? He didn't have fingers. And for film, it's very important to have fingers. And then Tzemach Tzedek's chuvas, you have two or three long chuvas, and the Chayim addressing the question, what does a person do if he doesn't have a hand? And the Pashtat Tzemach Tzedek wrote it when his own son became a mitzvah. The Ravash, the Baruch Shalom, was a very great person. He was born, it's hard to know exactly if it was Samarvov or Samarzayan. Which meant to say that when the Alter Rebbe passed away, he was about seven. Seven, six, seven, maybe eight. If he was eight, he had to be born Samarzal or Samarzayan. It says Samarvov or Samarzayan. Bottom line is, as young as he was, he was old enough to know the Alter Rebbe. But not only old enough to know the Alter Rebbe as a kid knows. But as a wise adult, as a wise mature, he was, an, he was a wunderkind. And the Alter Rebbe was Makara him Moisik Moinendik. Alter Rebbe was Makara the Ravash Oisigavelech. There was a very special connection. He was a great grandson. Alter Rebbe had many great grandchildren. But the Ravash and Alter Rebbe developed a, a bond that was extraordinary, most unusual. And Alter Rebbe shared with this great grandson of his, as young as he was, the kinds of things that he shared with no one. I think it says that he taught him the trap of Emes. There's three Svarim in Tanakh that have very complicated trap. Iev, Mishlei, Tilim. Very complicated trap. The Rebbe Maharash used to say, he said the trap of Tilim is so complicated 
If the Rebbe Maharash had got a lying in auto, the Maharash had very healthy lungs. If a Zogin aimed Posuk, he would say one capital, one Posuk in Tilim, with the dropped, Hatigat happened the Motem. He had to catch his breath. We, we, I, no one has ever heard anybody laying the trap of Tilim because no one knows the trap of Tilim. But the Ramanash knew it. And I, upon him, he had it from his uncle. From his older brother, I'm sorry. The Ramanash and Ramanash were brothers. There was a disparity of almost 30 years between the two of them. But he, the pastors, the Zayd, the Alta Rebbe gave it over to the Ravash, and upon him, the Ravash gave it over to the Ramanash. And I think the Rebbe Rashab's brother, the Razor, also knew it, but I'm not sure. Now, Tereba had a very close relationship with this boy. He was a very young boy. And the culmination of this relationship was that when Al Tereba passed away, he was from the three people who participated in Al Tereba's Levaya. Al Tereba passed away on the run, in the middle of a war, in the dead of the coldest winter on record. Very cold, 1812. The winter that defeated Napoleon, 1812 to 1813. And Altreb was in Kfar Piyere, was in a village. There wasn't a Jew in that village. Altreb was staying in a guy's home. And then he passed away Matzah Shabbos, and he had to move his remains, his Guf Kodesh, to the nearest cemetery. The Middle Rebbe wasn't around. The Middle Rebbe had traveled to Kremenchuk, which is in Malarusia, I think it's called Small Russia, I don't know the territories, but it was a different part of Russia altogether, maybe it's the Ukraine even, to look for a house, because Altreb had burnt his house down. The French had already, for the most part, lost the war, and Al Rebbe needed a place to live. To go back to Lajna was no point. He, to go back to Liadid, there was no point. He had burnt his house to the ground. So the middle Rebbe went to look for a, a Didim. He was not by the Histalkos, and he was not by the Levaya. And perhaps it was a nest. Had he been there, no one knows what would have occurred. When he heard about the Rebbe's Histalkos, he fainted again and again and again. It was Pakonas Tafoshis Mami. But the three people who were involved in the Levaya, the Al Rebbe, was the Tzemach Tzedek, Al Rebbe's grandson. Reb Nochem, who was another one of the Tzemach Tzedek's grandchildren, who was considerably younger. He was Sachak of 15 or 16. He was born after Reb Nochem Chernobyl had passed away, Bepashtis. And the eight-year-old Ravash. These three men, Tzemach Tzedek was 22, Reb Nochem was Mestama 14, and the Ravash was 7 or 8. They prepared the Alter Rebbe. They took him that Motzah Shabbos from Hadich to Piena. I'm sorry, from Piena to Hadich. And they made arrangements, and they made his levaya. There's an interesting story. It was so cold. They stopped in an inn in the middle of the night. And they left the Guf Kodesh outside in the casket, in the box. But because it was the altar there, but they didn't leave him alone, someone stood Shmire. So there were three of them, so they took turns. The Goyim in the inn assumed that they were not carrying a barmenon, but they were carrying money. Because why else would they put a shaymer on duty to watch the remains of a deceased person? So they decided to kill them, Rahman al-Islam, and to find what was in the urn, in the casket. And the Rebish made a nest that they fell into this incredibly deep sleep. They were half drunk, they fell into a tadim, and they were able to get away. Another little interesting detail which is brought that the, one of them was outside. I don't know which one, one of the three, I think it was Abnachim, was outside. And suddenly the entire casket raises itself. In the air, like you have in Pashas Vayetze with Lovon. The Altrebbe's casket raised itself off the ground, and Abnacham took a look. A pig had started to, to roost under with the Altrebbe's Schlitten. He was on a sled. Was. So the goof raised itself, so he sent off the Chazer, and the Altrebbe's goof rested. 
the Ravash never got over the Histalkus of his Elta Zedah. He was a boy of seven or eight. Fidikeb writes, his entire life there was a melancholy about him, a sadness about him, that due with the passing away, not in the middle of the Rebbe, but the Alta Rebbe, whom he knew he must, he couldn't have been past seven, maximum eight. I think he was six or seven. But the connection was very deep. He was a very great person. And the Rebbe, the Fidikeb, describes him as a Shaysek. He's a man of very few words. He lived his whole life in Lubavitch. The Tzemach Tzedek wanted his children to live in Lubavitch, and he uh, built for each one of them a home and a besmedrish, a shul. And the say there was that Chassidim, who would come to the Rebbe, would also go to the Rebbe's kinder. The Chassidim would go to the Rebbe's children. So it, 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 everybody came to Lubavitch to the middle of the Rebbe, to the Tzemach Tzedek, Fashtetzach. But afterwards, when they wanted to fabreng and talk more pnimiyazdik with more involvement, each one chose which one of the Rebbe's kinder they fancied, they felt closest to. And chassidim, they were groups. Some chassidim went to the Ravash, some chassidim went to the Maril. The Maril was the holiest of the children. He was the biggest tzir. Bechaya from Mitla Rebbe and from Tzemach Tzedek. And the Ravash given a shesik, somebody else we know who also didn't speak very much. A descendant of his was not into the speaking business. But when the middle of Tzemachtarik passed away, amongst the Hasidim there was a terrible machlekes because everybody felt that they knew who should be the Mamalamokim, who should be the successor. And they had already established allegiances, allegiances in some cases decades before. They were Hasidim of the Tzemachtarik, but they had been involved with one of the Tzemachtarik's children for many years because each one of them had their own little mismadrish and so forth. And there was a big bitter machlaik. The Machtedek left in his will that all of his children should stay in Lubavitch. He didn't say that they shouldn't be there, but he said they should stay in Lubavitch. There was also a will, which is now published, in which he made it clear that he wants the Rebbe Marash to be Rebbe. But he didn't write that to Chesidim, he wrote that to the Rebbe Marash. It was a personal tzavot to the Rebbe Marash. And the consequence of this was that Lubavitch was split. And one by one they left Lubavitch. And they left. The Maril left after Shavuos, I think. Samasari passed away before Pesach. He passed away the following Cheshvan. Six months after his father was in Stalag. And there's a letter from the Rebbe Marash to his nephew to the Maril, to the Rebbe Zalman Kappas there. Godel Hayom Shevreina. How tzabrochen he was that his brother had passed away. Um, the Marin, the Rishon Neach, left Labavach a year or two later. The Marin was the grandfather-in-law of the Friedrich Rebbe. Rebbe Tznachamadina was his granddaughter, the Marim from Neach. And he said, the Tafa Gezot is obliged in Lubavitch afila as a chignish can covet. Obazich is obliged in Lubavitch and nechlaid bushes hatanish kishirim. He says, my father said I should stay in Lubavitch if nobody gives me respect, but not if people humiliate me. That was his, and he left. And all of them left. The oldest, who had the right to the position of Elochah, was the only one who didn't take the job and he stayed in Lubavitch. Because the Tzemach Tzedek had told him that he shouldn't be a Rebbe. And he promised him that he'll not be a Rebbe, he'll get Pishnayim. Abachar is supposed to get double. He promised him, you won't be a Rebbe, you'll get Pishnayim. And he added cryptic words. In four generations it'll come back. And this was known in the Ravash's Mishpochah. The Ravash's children knew about this, about this oral message. He told his son not to be a Rebbe. 
And he told them, could you imagine it's here that Avash was probably in his early 60s, that Abarash was 32 years old, and they were brothers. And the, uh, the Avash was in Abarash Sachoset, Mamish. He passed away Choftes. He passed away three years after his father. He's buried in Lubavitch. And now they put up a tea and they put up a Himamateva where he's buried. They found they know him. They knew the map of the Beis Achayim. They knew where people were buried, but they put up new Matzevis with the same words that written. I have pictures. You can see where he's buried in relationship to the oil. In the oil, you just have the Tzemachtarek and the Ramarash. He's outside of the oil. The Ramarash. He was very, very great and very, very silent. This is the Rebbe's grandfather's grandfather. Our Rebbe's grandfather's grandfather. Ravash's son was a Levi Yitzchok. The Levi Yitzchok's son was a Baruch Shneir Zalman. His name was actually Shneir Zalman. But he married a girl whose father was named Shneir Zalman, I think Itkin. In other words, he married a girl whose father had the same name as he did. And it says in Tzavah, that you shouldn't marry somebody whose father has the same name as you. So he added a name. So his name became Baruch Shneir Zalman. But the Zalman was forgotten. He became Baruch Shneir. He, he was what they call in Chazal B'nai Tevim. He, he never held an official position. Never. Never had a job in his life. But his whole life was Tehran Aved. He learned and he davened. The Rebbe supported him. The Rebbe Rashab gave him pushes for Gahalt. He was a, a Gohoi B'nai. This is the Rebbe's grandfather, the Rebbe's father. I have no doubt he was a tzaddik. But we know that he was a Gohan. Gohan Eilam from the stories that the Chassidim tell about him. You know what the is? And he was a Freyla Chedid. A happy Freyla. When he would travel with Chassidim, it was a pleasure. Because he was just a fountain of Tere. I told you the story recently. Yudel Chitrik describes traveling with him. And he says, So much at Chazar Amaymer. So nobody knows Amaymer. See, Chazar Amaymer. A few minutes later, he says, So much at Chazar Amaymer. So he Chazar a second one, and a third one, and a fourth one. This is the Rebbe's grandfather, the Rebbe And he kept a diary of his trips to Lubavitch. He kept a diary of his trips to Lubavitch, and in fact, he lost his wife, and he got married by Zivik Shaini, he got married a second time in Lubavitch. The Rebbe Nishmaseidin was the Masada Kedushin. And the night after the Chassanah, the Rebbe Nishmaseidin says to him, he got married last night, he says, what's a better place to be than here? He, he, was, he was family to the Rebbe Nishmaseidin. His diary is very, very special. And before he passed away, he gave it as a gift to the Friedeke Rebbe. He gave it as a gift to the Friedeke Rebbe. And the Daik Lubavitcher politics, not only has it been printed, it's been printed twice. <laughs> the Rebbe's grandfather's diary was published by both sides with different footnotes. I don't know why, it is the only safer that was Zeichet to this because now the Igas are being printed twice. But the Rebbe's father's diary was published. It's wonderful. It's a really wonderful, it's, very, it's an inside look into the Rebbe Nishmaseidin's home from someone who was a maven. You know what I'm saying? If we were in the house, we wouldn't know what we were seeing. It's Fernandega Klim. He understood what's going on in the Rebbe's And he describes it in very, very human terms. He doesn't sound like a holy man. He sounds like a learned man, but not like a holy man. But it's a very, very uh, useful window into the world of the Rebbe Rashab's family life. He's a cousin. He was a first cousin. He was a, f- a first cousin once removed. His father was the Rebbe Rashab's cousin. He was older than the Rebbe Nishma Seydin, and yet he was a generation further away because the Rebbe Rashab was from the youngest of the children. Was from the youngest. So Rebbe Leivik, the Rebbe's father, was the fourth generation from the Tzemach Tzedek. 
So the Shmuel, the story is that Rabbi thought that he has a right to the Rabistve because of this Tzavah that he had gotten from his father, who had from his father to the Ravash. And when the Rebbe became a Chosen, Rabbi Leibach said that the four generations don't begin with the Tzamech Tzedek, they begin, he understood that the Rebbe is going to be the Rebbe, our Rebbe, the Rebbe. And um, this is the story, this is the background, yeah? The Hemshech HaSipur is that the Rebbe, our Rebbe, was never in Lubavitch. It's one of the strangest things. The Rebbe, Tzolgazun Zayim, was never in Lubavitch. When the Rebbe Nishmah passed away, was in Stalak, he was 18. 18, okay? The Rebbe Tabar Mitzvah, his father said, was a go on Eilam. Our Rebbe, the Rebbe's Levik said to, to the Rebbe's Nechana, Tabar Mitzvah is a go on So he had what to go to Lubavitch for. He, he, he would have been useful. He was never in Lubavitch. And in, in one of the stories that goes around, one of the Tmimim was in, in Yekaterinoslav, the Rebbe Petrovsk, and he asked the Rebbe Tzinchana, the Rebbe's mother, you have such a gerot nemzun, such a gifted child, how you talking, you don't send them to Lubavitch. So her response was, assuming the story happens, he wants to go there, not letting him. Who is they? It could only have been one of two people, either his father or the Rebbe Rashab. I would imagine it was his father by instructions of the Rebbe Nishma saying. And this has a precedent. The Alter Rebbe never saw the Baal Shem Tev, but the Baal Shem Tev's instructions because he wanted that the Alt Rebbe should be a Talmud of his Talmud. The bottom line is the Rebbe, Rashab, the Rebbe never saw the Rebbe Nishma say, never. And he was never in Lubavitch. Rabbi Grono once told us that when the Rebbe became Rebbe, they put on his stationery in Lubavitch. So he said, say Lubavitch? I never visited the town. <laughs> so there was a whole Vikuach, and the Rebbe said they shouldn't say Rabbi and the Rebbe's name, Shneerson, of Lubavitch. You say Rabbi, the Rebbe's name, Shneerson, dash Lubavitch. Not of Lubavitch, but Lubavitch. It's the movement, not the shtetl. But he went to the Friedrich Pegimel. And what was the first maimer that Rebbe heard when he came to the feed of for the first time? The maimer which the feed of gave out for his histalkos, that was the Rebbe Shalom Aleichem. The same maimer, word for word. Word in word. It was a different aschola, but the maimer that the Rebbe gave out for his histalkos was the first maimer that Rebbe heard when he arrived in Lubavitch. It was Yawatin Astov. Pegimel. This is true. You can check it out if you don't believe me. And there became a whole question of chasm. The Rebbe went to the Friedrich Rebbe. The Friedrich Rebbe knew who the Rebbe was. And the Rebbe went with his brother Label. They both were by the Friedrich Rebbe. And upon him, they used to stand behind the Friedrich Rebbe. They were from the Cheshuvim. They were Taka Bokrim. But they were special. They were special because of who they were. They were special because of their Yichas. They were Shneasins. In, in one of the Sichas of Behe, I think, the Friedrich Rebbe turns around to the two of them. It doesn't say their name, but it says their abbreviation. It's obviously to them. It's an Achmonos on the two of you, but especially you. <laughs> so he said to the Rebbe, but you didn't know my father. And they became a Pasha of Shidduch. The Friedrich Rebbe wanted the Shidduch. And apparently the Shidduch didn't go so easy. Upon him, the Shidduch didn't go so easy. By one of the Fabrengans, that the Rebbe was there behind the Friedrich Rebbe, one of the elder Chassidim, I don't know which, somebody said to the Friedrich Rebbe, pointing to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe raised his hands, the Friedrich Rebbe said, which, I wish. He wanted. And there was a, the Shidduch was a Gansapash. 
I don't know the details. There's all kinds of rumors and all kinds of stories. Bottom line is, as we all know, the end of the story was they got married. And there's a lot of details to the story. There's about a million of people who claimed credit for the Shidduch. And everybody came to collect sooner or later. Everybody took credit for the Shidduch. One of the stories, which is true, now Zalman Gray also printed it in his Sefer. It's printed again. I shouldn't say he printed it. It was printed <laughs> after he passed away. But in the Zalman Gerari Sefer that's now printed, there's a few little details which are wonderful. I'm not surprised by what is written there, but it's still nice to see Schwarzerweiz. When the Shidduch was being finalized, the Rebbe Tzinchana traveled to Rastov, I believe, to talk about the Shidduch, to negotiate the Shidduch. They called it in those days, Onsukok and the Kala, to examine the Kala. And who ch- who decides for Yeshiva Bochel, a Chsidisha Bochel, who, what kind of a girl he should marry? His sister or his mother. I mean, that's normal. I mean, today everything is upside down. But they don't, normal, what is a Bochel? Huh? That's what they do. What does a Bochel know about a girl? Was that So she went, spent three weeks in the house, in Rostov by the Rebbe. And before she left, she went into Mfriyadikin Rebbe. This is a true story. And she said to the Friedrich Rebbe, I have permission from my husband to agree to the Shidduch. In other words, I've, given, I've been given the authority to acquiesce, to speak on his behalf about this question. But he said that I have to ask you for a nadin, for a dowry, for guilt. Now, how much money are you going to pay for the Rebbe Achosim? A nadin. So the Friedrich Rebbe says, I have no money. So the Rebbe says, I have no money. I don't want money. I want a promise of succession. So the Fidikeb agreed. And the people, Zalman Garari heard it Peshat Maisa. Zalman Garari was a bochet at the time. Or a kid. He wasn't a bochet. He was a kid. He was 14. He was living in the Fidikeb's house. Fidikeb adopted him when his father passed away. And he heard the story of Shaita. And it's printed in his Sefer now. He was in the house. He heard the story at the time. In Pedalot, Pegimah, whenever the story happened. And the Rebbeton asked it for it in writing. That's yeah, right. So one version I heard in the name of Chaim Lieberman. <laughs> I can't put it for you in writing, but Chassidim will understand themselves. In Zaman Gerari, say, we should word. Ba'uns is a word, a word. Different version. By us, this is brand new information, at least for me. Ba'uns is a word, a word. If I say something, it's going to be. A word is a word. He wouldn't give it to him in writing. This is new, this is in the Sefer. This is Gluyum. Anyway, so the shit happened. It took him forever to get married. They were Chasakalan for five years. There's, of course, all kinds of explanations why the wedding was so postponed. There was a lot of negotiating, a lot of correspondence back and forth. But the final thing that held up the Rebbe's wedding was that the Rebbe had left Russia, the Fikib had left Russia. And, of course, we all know that. The Friedrich Rebbe was entitled to take with him his family. Who was his family? His mother, his Rebetzin, his three daughters, his son-in-law, and his grandson. There was, I think it was a total of seven. Yes, three males and four females. And the Rebbe also wrote, He wrote on the tzeppel, my son-in-law-to-be. And the KGB told him, you'll find some place. So the Rebbe said, such a chosen you cannot find. I, I don't know whether the Rebbe, our Rebbe, got out on the Friedrich Rebbe's visa or not. But he was out of Russia exactly at the same time. And the Rebbe was in Russia 
Chavim on first class. I mean, he knew how to work the KGB like a musician, like an artist. I mean, the Rebbe's whole philosophy was, and this is what he would say publicly in New York, if you do things quietly, you can accomplish anything. Just don't make a tumult. And this is what he screamed in America about the protests and so forth. The Rebbe was out of Russia the same day the Friedrich was out of Russia. Whether he came with the Friedrich of his visa or his own visa, that's the fact. He went home, Kiedua, he went home, he spent Tishrei Peches with his parents. And that Simcha stated the walls of the stuff of Yechitim so the Simcha was Oizeg And the following morning he left. His father and mother accompanied him. His father went a distance and went back, and she followed him till the border. The Rebbe's mother, the Rebbe Simchana. And she told him, Maisa Mishuna Mamesh. That it was the morning of Yisra Chag Asukis, Yisra and the Rebbe stood up and put on tefillin on the train in Soviet Russia. And a bunch of goyim got up and made a circle around him and blocked him that nobody should see what he was doing until he finished davening. The Maisa Shahoya, Pille Ployer, Anes Golu. The Rebbe Sechanes was so afraid that the goyim stood up they made a mechitza of people and they stood the whole Meshach's man the Rebbe's davening that someone shouldn't disturb him and Chathashom shouldn't hurt him. And the Rebbe did his thing like Rashi and Tam and those days he probably wasn't wearing Shemush and but whatever he davened I'm sure he didn't rush either he did what he had to do and this, this is an understart for Shefanish. And the Rebbe left Poland left Russia he could not get into Poland because he couldn't get into Latvia because he wasn't on the same visa he had no he didn't let him in he was a Russian if you were a Russian you were in persona non grata in Lithuania the Rebbe himself the Friedrich Rebbe was led into the country because the Mordechai Dubin was a member of the political the parliament he had, so the Rebbe had no choice but to move to Berlin he didn't have a choice Bush. and the Rebbe spent his chosen year Peches in Berlin and he came from Berlin to Poland for his own chosen and that's where the Rebbe and the Rebbe settled because the Rebbe was only able to live in Berlin and the justification for living in Berlin was that he was going to school. He was a student. And of course, there's the stories with the Rebbe Smiche, Aribim Anyway, the Rebbe and the Rebbe got married, Yudalat Kislev, Tafresh Peites. The Friedrich was living in Latvia, the Rebbe was living in Berlin and the wedding took place in Poland, in Warsaw. And the reason was because the Friedrich Rebbe, this was the Friedrich Rebbe's hello to Hasidus of Poland. The Lubavitcher Abbey were always isolated. Russia was very separated. This was the real first official meeting between the Gedele Hasidic Poem and the Rebbe Rashi. And the wedding was a Shemdov. All the papers wrote about it was, a, it was a major event. It was a huge event in Varsha. And there were two things. Number one, they were hoping that the Rebbe's parents would be allowed to leave. The Rebbe's parents wanted to come to the Chassan and they asked the Russian government permission to leave on a, on a visitation visa, a temporary visa. And incidentally, while I'm telling you about the Rebbe, in 1991, when the Soviet Union collapsed, the Rebbe was sent, our Rebbe was sent his father's fire. After the, after the Soviet Union collapsed, the KGB, in, in their tshuva, sent files to all the descendants of all the people that they had tortured. And the Rebbe was sent his father's file. And I don't think the Rebbe necessarily had a lot of nachas from it. But, okay, it's water under the bridge. And it was publishing for Chabad magazine at the time. 
And one of the things that was written in that file was that apparently in 1920, in Tafresh Pei, the Rebbe's parents had applied to immigrate to Israel, to emigrate, they wanted to leave. In other words, as soon as the Bolsheviks took over Russia, the Rebbe's parents decided to leave Russia. And the KGB asked him, this is 20 years later, this is 1939, when he was being cross-examined, why did you want to leave Russia? So he says, I got a position in Israel as a rov. So why did you not leave Russia? So the Levik said they wouldn't let me take a long battle. The, a third brother, battle. The Rebbe had a brother who was not well. And he was in a sanitarium. He was in a home in Yekaterinoslav where the Rebbe's parents lived. And they wouldn't leave without him. And the, the, the British wouldn't allow him in. And the Rebbe's parents stayed in Russia. He was killed by the Nazis. When the Nazis came, in other words, the Rebbe lost blood in the war. His brother was killed by the Nazis. They came into Katinislav, they took over the hospital, and the Russian doctors were made to clean the hospital out, and that's the end. Of, that's how Betel passed away. He doesn't even have a Matzeven. I think that on labels Matzeven, in Yisrael, it says, I think in Yisrael, labels Matzeven now was moved to Tzfas, um, I think it says on the foot of the Matzeven is Betel's name. Betel. He was the third brother. And the government wouldn't let him go. They wanted to go to the chasen. And the chasen getting pushed off and pushed off. Until it was obvious that the Rebbe's parents were not going to be at the wedding. So a date was set. That was one issue. And the other issue was, Kesef Menolim. How do you make a chasen like this? The Friedrich Rebbe was Hachet The expense of this chasen was unbelievable. It was, a, it was, it was a, a major, it was like a royal wedding. It, not it was like, it was a royal wedding. In every sense of the word, it was so drawn out. There was a Sudasani, and there was, uh, I don't even know all the names of the events, Togmol, and, and this and that. The other thing, it was, the wedding went on from the afternoon till the following morning, and they were in two or three different places, and everybody had to be fed. It was a major event. All the Hasidim, all the Roshisheh, who were out of Russia, got personal invitations to the wedding. Yechon and Gordon, his sons tell the story of how he was sick with fever, and he traveled to the wedding. It was a huge, huge event, the Fidik Rebbe's Chasana. And many of the daily Pailm, many of the Siddish Rebbe's Pailm participated in the Chasana. And they got to meet not just the Fidik Rebbe, but the Rebbe. So the Fidik Rebbe traveled. So, the story of Ram Parish found money. He found the Oitzer in Etzel. So before the Yetzel Hara can talk him out of it, he sent the Gansagels on them. The whole thing was a lot of money. He found money. He found money. He found money. And he sent it to the Rebbe. And uh, that was the money which the Rebbe made the chasana. It's a true story. It's in, if you have Echad by Abraham, Abraham Parisha Sefer, he tells the story. And there's a Hemshach to the story also, which I don't remember. So the Rebbe had money to make a chasana. The chasana was settled in Varsha. Varsha had several million Jews. Hundreds of thousands of Chassidish Shayidin. Dozens of Chassidish Rebbe's. Some of them were actually royal Ishmael. You know, they were good to Yidin. And the, the chasna was a major event. Like I said, the Rebbe traveled to Mrige. The Kale went earlier to make preparations for the chasna with her mother. The Fidikeb, I think he spent Shabbos still in Riga. And after Shabbos, he went from Riga to um, Varsha. From Riga, Latvia to Varsha, Poland. The official tnoim, the official engagement of the Rebbe was Vov Kislev. One week before, eight days before the chasna, Vov Kislev. Tafir Petas was the official Tnoim. Official, they wrote that they made it Tnoim, opinion. And uh, the Rebbe said, I think. And the following Shabbos, 
I think also in Riga, with the Chosna de Aliyah, and the Rebbe the Fidikim said again the same Maim, it's printed in the Rosh Hashanah. The wedding was Tuesday, so Sunday they traveled from Riga to Varsha. And Monday night there was weiter an event, something happened, it was a major event. The Chosna, I'm not familiar with all the details, but it, Tuesday was the Chosna. The Chelek Aruchni of the Chosna was in the Yeshiva. Tem Chatim, Varsha had a Tem Chatmimim. Varsha Tem Chatmimim, which was started in Tafresh Pei, 1920. There were Shmotkins living in Varsha. Zalman Shmotkin, but noch einer. Yehuda, I think, who were Tmimim, and they got permission from the Fiyadik Rebbe to start Tem Chatmimim, and the Mashpia in the beginning was Rabalta Simchovich, Rabalta. Rabalta was a real Tomim, a Gohibin Arid, and when the Friedrich Rebbe came to Varsha and he saw Tem Chatimim in Varsha, he was so heartened. He got such simcha from it because he felt like this is Labavich. It was Takapoyim, but the Bachrim were raised up to a very high Madrege, and the Friedrich Rebbe was very, very heartened, very excited by the Tzir of the Bachrim Tem Chatimim in Varsha in Warsaw. And he wanted that the Chelek Aruchni, the Chasna, should be there. In other words, the Kabbalah Sponim took place there. And you had to have tickets to get in. Thousands of people. That everything was a separate ticket. One ticket got you into the Kabbalah's Ponim, a second ticket got you into the to the dinner and so forth. And um, the Rebbe got married. <laughs> Forget that. They got married by the Kabbalah's Ponim, as you all know. The three the Rebbe said a But before he started saying the Maimir, he made a statement, which is printed. The Rebbe wrote it down himself. And the statement is, it's known, it's famous, that by every chasana, the Zaydis come from at least three generations. To say, if chasashom, there have been deceased parents and grandparents, they come to participate in the chasana. He says, three is by everybody. And there are those who more and even more than three generations come to the chasna. So the Friedrich Rebbe said, I'm going to say a maimer. I'm going to include in the maimer a chelik von Tarten, a chelik von Zeden, a chelik von Elter Zeden, that means the Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe Marash, and the Tzemach Tzedek, and a chelik von Elter Fetter, the Elter Zeden von him chosen, this meant the Ravash, I didn't know that he had chasidus, but the Rebbe said, a chelik von Elter Fetter, the Rebbe's great-great-grandfather, Rebbe Rachsholem, a chelik von Mittel Nereb, and a chelik von Alt Nereb. And this will be their invitation to the Chassidim. And he finished, Kol HaEmer Shmuah. V'Shem Eimre Yehi Ki'i Yibal HaShmuah Eimed L'Negde. When you say a Shmuah, V'Shem Eimre, you should see... When the Fidik Rebbe said that, that meant that he saw them. That's what it meant. <laughs> when the Fidik Rebbe said, V'Shem Eimre Shmuah, V'Shem Eimre, and that pushed it together. And the Rebbe said, the Maim HaLochadein. And of course, the most poignant moment at the Chassidim happened before the Chuppah. The Rebbe took the Rebbe. The Rebbe took the Rebbe into a room, and he made everybody leave. The only other person he allowed in was Harav Hakadosh Rabbi Avram Schneerson, the Fidik Rebbe's father-in-law. The Fidik Rebbe Schwer was at a chasana. I think he was the second unterfeder. They said the Fidik Rebbe and the Rebbe, and then the Fidik Rebbe Schwer and Schwiger. I think I'm not sure, but I think, huh? Yeah. And the Rabbi Avram Shneerson, the Fidik Shver. And the Fidik writes about his Shver, Harav HaKodesh. And he didn't write about it because of familial politics. He wrote about it, Vasik Venemis. Tatazani given an Admur. 
Tata case in the Admur, Adinin Mirem Rabbeinu. By him, it doesn't say Admur, but it says Rav Kodesh. And the Valachai Maltes was there, and the Fidikav made everybody leave, and he turned to the Chaim Maltes, and he hesitated, and he says, "Do next light." And I think the reason he wanted the Valachai there, because he told the story, and the story had to be told. The Fidikav took a gatel, and he girdled the Rebbe. And he said, The brocha and the gatl. He said the word, But I made the brocha in the morning. With this gatl, I am binding you to me and me to you here and there, in this world and the next world. This is before the chuppah. The Balachayim was the Rebbe Shoimer. The Balachayim Alphys was the Rebbe Shoimer. The Balachayim was a Nikolaiver. He remembered the Rebbe as a child. He remembered the Rebbe as a child. Remember the Rebbe, he was talking about the Rebbe's bris. And the Rebbe was going to college, you know. And he writes, you know, who knows how the Rebbe see it is. He says, he followed the Rebbe around for three days and he watched the Rebbe Davin and the Rebbe say Tilim and the Rebbe say Vidri. He writes to his children in Russia, it's the Zilber Mendel. I'm telling you, it's the same Mendel that we knew as a child in, in Nikolai. He hasn't changed an iota. The world has not had any impact on him whatsoever. He was very excited. He wrote this as a letter to Chassidim in Russia, to his children. And this letter was found in the same place where they found the, the Rebbe's grandfather's diary. These letters were also found, and they're also published. Also, the letters are published. Wonderful. It's a very, very personal account of the Chuvah. What happened was that Belachayim was never an old man and he couldn't push. So he was so caught of Lamalucha. When it came to the Chuppah, he couldn't see a thing. Because there was so much jostling and so much pushing, and he wasn't invited to hold one of the sticks under the Chuppah, you understand? So he couldn't see a thing. He couldn't see anything. So he's describing what he heard from far away. He said, they brought the Chosen out. I think the parents, the father and the mother, brought the Chosen and they couldn't have been. Maybe the Kala was brought by the mother, but the Chosim son was brought by the two Mokhotonim, his Rebbe and his father-in-law. And the Fidikab was singing the Alter Rebbe's Nigan. He heard the Fidikab singing the Alter Rebbe's Nigan. And the Rebbe said all the brachas. And he faces this one read the Ksuba. There was some very, the Radzine was at the Chuppah. There some very Choshev Rebbes who participated in the Chuppah and they were given different uh, responsibilities. He says, but when the Rebbe said the Sheva brachas, when the Fidikab Rebbe said the Sheva brachas, Hava Gehedim Rebbe's call. Rebbe Lachai meant he heard the Rebbe Rashab. When the Friedrich Rebbe said the Sheva Brachas by the Rebbe's Chuppah, he says, I heard the Rebbe, I heard his father, I heard his father's voice. And I've told you many times that it was by the Rebbe's Chasar that the Friedrich Rebbe put on a Shtraimel for the first time. When the Friedrich Rebbe became a Rebbe, he didn't wear a Shtraimel, wore a hat, like the Rebbe, except that it was up instead of down. Because there was a from the Rebbe Marash, a Shtraimel Trokman Norin Labavich. A streimel is only in the Bible. The Rebbe in Russia did not wear a streimel. He wore a hat. By the Rebbe's chasen, he put on a streimel. And it was his grandfather's streimel, not his father. The Rebbe Marash's streimel. And a few weeks after the chasen, he had a dream. And he saw his father, the Rebbe Rashab. And the Rebbe said, Thank you for the hat. In other words, he agreed that it was the right thing to do, that he should wear a streimel. And from then on, the Fidik Rebbe Shabbos and Yom Tev, even when he, wherever he was, was Lubavitch, obviously. He wore a streimel. This was the chuppah. Then after the chuppah, they went to the hall, invited everyone had to have tickets. And um, the, the chuppah was, 
was participated by thousands, maybe tens of thousands of Jews. And if you ever read the Polish uh, newspapers, they printed, they were pickpockets. I mean, it was bad news. I mean, Poland had a lot of Jews, and everyone had to make a living. You know, there were different ways of making a living. I understand that some of the gifts partially disappeared. I mean, the super disappeared. Some of the gifts disappeared. One of the interesting gifts that they ever got was a moneda from his maternal grandfather, from his wife's maternal grandfather. The Friedrich Rebbe's Mechutten, the Rebbe's Nechamedina's father, came to the Chasana and gave the Rebbe as a gift his father's menede. You know how precious that was to him. His father's menede. And that was the menede the Rebbe used. With the back, that was the menede the Rebbe used. I think he asks his father, Rebbe Leivik, if he can use it as a letter, Midachtzach. We ask Sablevik if he can use the Meneda, and he answers him, listen, Gesundheit. He can use the Gesundheit. So the Rebbe, the Meneda the Rebbe used was an inheritance from the Rebbe Tzachayim Mushkes, Elterzeide, the Tzamachzedek Sazur Rebbe Shalneach. And this is the Meneda the Rebbe used all the years. Even after the Rebbe spoke about using a different Meneda, this was the Meneda that the Rebbe used. It was the Meneda that he got as a Yerusha was silver. And the Rebbe Levi, he asked his father, I'm speaking from memory, but I think there's a letter where he says to him, you could use it. By the Sudas Chasene, which lasted all night long, it was a Moedendike Simcha. People described the Rebbe danced with all the Rebbes. There was a record of all the Guta Yidin who came to the Chasene, and it was an incredible tzir, the Friedrich Rebbe. Friedrich Rebbe was healthy then. It was an incredible tzir. And of course, the story that everybody knows was that the Rebbe sat down next to the Rebbe, Rebbe Meir Shapiro. They were sitting by the chasana, so the Rebbe is sitting in the middle, the Friedrich Rebbe, and the chasana is sitting near him. Right next to the chasana, he put on a Meir Shapiro was a Gohan Elam. He came to the, the Rebbe once mentioned his Sefer by Fabring and Era Meir. And then the Rebbe said, he says, Sefer. He said, don't accuse me of knowing a lot. He says, but he pushed it, came to my wedding, he gave me a Sefer, the Rebbe's Durgele, the Era Meir. The, the, the Rebbe has his Sefer, he gave him as a gift. His child, the Chuba Era Meir. And the Friedrich Rebbe wanted the Meir Shapiro and the Rebbe to talk in learning. And the Rebbe is not saying a word. He's sitting next to the Rebbe the Shved. So the Meir Shapiro says to the Friedrich Rebbe, over the Rebbe, he's not saying anything. So the Friedrich Rebbe said, Zog. They talked for 40 minutes. And the Meir Shapiro says to the Friedrich Rebbe, Lubavitch Rebbe, it's Echkinuman Anedim Ago Anelam. It was always mentioned from the spoilers. Rebbe Shapiro was a god in Elam. You know what the Rebbe said about Rebbe Shapiro? The Rebbe said about Rebbe Shapiro, the Rebbe knew him. And Rebbe Shapiro said about Rebbe, a god in Elam. Yeah, the Fayyami and the Lini Yeshiva and so forth. During the night, the Rebbe said, you can hear the tapes, he says, the Fidikim got up and he went around giving l'chayim. He put a towel over his shoulder like as if he's a waiter and a tray and he gave everybody with glass and l'chayim. So the Rebbe said, the Rebbe the got out of his seat to go give people. So I got up and I wanted to help him and he gave me the eyes like sit down, behave. <laughs> he was a chassan. The Fidik Rebbe said to the Rebbe to sit down. He said, I was sitting on shpilkes. The Fidik was walking around and he's sitting in a seat until the Fidik came sat back down and the chassan continued. And during this Hakofa, he stopped by the Bochrim. And he told the Mashpim and the Mashgichim to stand next to the Bochrim. The, the, the Rosh Hashivas gave the Bochrim Mashke, and the Rebbe said, Lachaim at the Bochrim. 
And he said the Torah, it's printed, he talked about the infamous Yerush Nefesh, he says, and then the Rebbe sat back down, the Chasna continued, after Shavu Barachas, the Friedrich Rebbe said a second Maim and Ashabot, it must have been five in the morning, and then the next day there was a Sudas Aniyim, the Rebbe provided a meal for the poor people in Varsha, which was a lot of food for a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of Jews living in Varsha, this was the Rebbe's Chasna, What's interesting, and of course the chasana continued, the Sheva Barachas was over the week of Yitas Kislev. Yitas Kislev is part of Sheva Barachas. So some of the Maimorim are joint with Yitas Kislev Maimorim with Chasana Maimorim. Now the Rebbe, of course, corresponded with his father, who was not at the wedding. And some beautiful little details is the Rebbe's parents sent the Rebbe money and asked him to buy the Kala, the nicest gift, a very special gift. And uh, when you read the Levik's letters, you see such an Avrachman. The letters don't show holy man. They show a, a, such a loving father, a doting father, who's so proud and so full of Ahava. There's a letter from the Levik, not to the Rebbe. The Levik to Chayim Mushke. Schreibt uns oft, bei uns hat er gerechen wie Tochter. Write us often to ask your daughter. Now the Rebbe and the Rebbe's writing skills were almost as good as their speaking skills. These were people without words. Neither the Rebbe nor the Rebbetson were writers. In Bechlal, they were not talkers. I told you, the Fidi Kebbe once complained that the Rebbetson's printed in the letters. The Fidi Kebbe read to his Rebbetson, enough with the silence. Talk. Let people get to know you. Why are you such a secret? The Rebbe and the Rebbetson pushed it. This was their personality. They weren't hiding. Maybe they were hiding also, but it was pushing their nature. And, and the Rebbe Levick asks the Rebbe to write them off. And the Rebbe Fashtetsa. And there's very wonderful correspondence about the Chasaneh. So there's one letter where the Rebbe writes to the Rebbe, I want you to tell me every detail about this beating Asati Le'ish. There was the detail about the Gatl, which is without a question the most poignant moment, the Gatl. But during the Sudas Chasaneh, the Friedrich Rebbe got up when everybody was around and he announced as beating Asati Le'ish. And the Rebbe Levick writes to the Rebbe, I want you to tell me everything he said. Don't tell any anivis. <laughs> I am your father, I have a right to know, I want you to... He, it was so negated to, to the Levick how the Friedrich Rebbe was Machabe the Rebbe. The Friedrich the Levick used to tell people that my son is the son-in-law of the Rebbe and the next Rebbe. And Matam Givolt, I don't know what. I mean, that's like the worst thing to say. But the Levick was... The Levick said the truth to the next Rebbe. This was the Maise. And of course, the rest of the story was that the Rebbe and the Rebbe moved back to Berlin. The Friedrich Rebbe moved back to Poilum, to Riga, Latvia. And the Rebbe moved back to Berlin. We now know, for me it's news, maybe for some people it is news, that the Friedrich Rebbe had decided quite early, by 1930, his decision had already been made, that he wanted to live in Poland. In his own words, in a letter that he wrote to our Rebbe, I want to be near a yeshiva. You have to always want to be in a Mokam Teda. The Rebbe was in a Midbar himself, and the Friedrich Rebbe was writing him, I, I, I need to be near a Teda. And Temer was in Poland. He wanted to be near the yeshiva. The reason he didn't move to Poland in 1930 was he was waiting to be neutralized by the Latvian government. He wanted to become a Latvian citizen. Literally, the day he became a Latvian citizen, he moved to Poland. And it saved his life. Because when the war started, the Nazis were after such personen, 
such personalities. And on the Friedrich Rebbe's door, there was a sign that said, Latvian citizen, Latvian Birgit. Germany was not at war with Latvia at the time. That saved the Friedrich Rebbe's life. But he waited till Tzadik Gimel, Tzadik Dalet, three or four years, once the decision had already been reached, that he wanted to move to Poland to be... Isn't that a weird thing to do? You get neutralized by a country, and you pick his up, move to a different country. He moved to Poland, and that's where he lived for six years. The Rebbe was living in Berlin. When the Nazis came to power, he moved to Paris, France. And uh, the correspondence has now been published. The correspondence is very sweet, very, very special. And the Rebbe often traveled to the Rebbe de Schwerz in Friedrichen Rebbe, with the Rebbe, first in Germany, and then in, first in Latvia, and then in Poland. When the Friedrich Rebbe moved to Poland, he had trouble getting into the country. The Polish government wouldn't let him in. And there were many Pesachs. And the Rebbe and the Rebbe sat alone in their apartment in France by themselves. The Rebbe used to send them wine. The Rebbe used to send them matzah. How do I know this? Because it's in the Igis Kedish. Where the Rebbe sending them things. They push it, couldn't be together for their Sidorim. Because the Polish government wouldn't let them come into the country. Or wouldn't let them leave the country. Whatever the particulars were. The Rebbe was always a Russian citizen. He was never neutralized as a French citizen. And as a result, his mobility was very restrained constraint. In the earlier years, it was easy for him to travel. Once the Rebbe moved to Poland, and upon him, as it got closer and closer to the war, and the tension grew more and more, the Pasha didn't let him into Poland. Or they wouldn't let him back into France. And they were away. And of course, the person who paid the price for this was the Rebbe. I mean, I'm sure the Rebbe didn't love it. The Rebbe, she wanted to be with her mishpacha, and she was with the Rebbe in 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 a studio apartment. You know what a studio apartment means? They, had, they didn't have a bedroom. They didn't have a bedroom. They had one room. The whole apartment was a room. So the Rebbe, the Rebbe lived for years. Heber, they tell the Maisa, it's in the living Torah that his, his grandfather, his father, Chveis, said to the Rebbe, you can't live like this. He said to the Rebbe, said, you can't live like this. You need a, a bedroom. So he didn't ask too many questions. He went and he rented an apartment and he furnished it. Heber, I was in the one night. And he comes to the Rebetzin and says to the Rebetzin, I rented an apartment and I furnished the apartment. Please take it. It's not, it's not appropriate. They should live like this. Anyway, the Rebetzin says, <laughs> I will discuss it with my man. And the Rebetzin, in her incredible tact, did not come back to him. And he waited and waited and waited and waited. So he finally approached her and said, what about the apartment? So the Rebison shrugged her shoulders and says, My husband has absolutely no interest in a bigger apartment. We're doing fine. That's how the Rebbe and the Rebison lived. All those years. And I had an opportunity to tell some girls on Friday in a different class that I was giving a wonderful little detail. This week is Vayeshev. Right? This Shabbos Vayeshev. Top Shin Ayim Beis. 20 years ago, this Shabbos, the Rebbe spoke a Sikha of Fabrengen, not a Sikha, about France. The whole Fabrengen was about France. And the Rebbe told Yemel that the French government changed the beat of the French Marseille, Marseillaise after the Rebbe adopted the Nigin to the word Derzamuna. It's an incredible detail. And in the footnote in that Sikha, it says that the Rebbetzin, the Rebbetzin Chaim Mushke, said to the Hasidim in France when she visited there, we, meaning the Rebbe and the Rebbe, living in France, plowed and seeded, and you will bear the fruit, you will harvest. 
the Rebetzin indicated that this was a Ruchni Yisdekeh sojourn. And finally, in Simon Tavshinav, they came to New York, and then the Rebbe and the Rebetzin were next to the Rebbe.